Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. Thanks for joining us in this episode. We're in a series in the Gospel of John, and the title of that series is Behold Your God, as Jesus demonstrates in the Gospel of John that He is indeed God come in human form. Many years ago, when I was a teenager, there was a popular singer named Ray Stevens. Yes, that Ray Stevens, who makes the comedy songs even to today. In the song, Everything is Beautiful, which is about the fact that God created us all, we are to love one another, but often we don't. One of the lines is this, there are none so blind as they who will not see. Now, as we think about that thought, Jesus Christ is going to be confronted by an entire group of people who refuse to see the light, being Him, the light of the world. And we could say about them, there are none so blind as they who will not see. Some Christian denominations and even world religions and even cults around the world make a virtual idol of theology. I want you to understand something, and I want you to listen very carefully, and primarily I'm speaking to Christians right now because other world religions and cults, you have a whole other set of issues and problems relating to God. But to those that believe they're Christians, listen very carefully. Theology is not God. Theology is about God, but only God is God. And true theology brings sinners to their Savior, Jesus Christ, who is God. Let's go to the Gospel of John now, the Gospel of John, and let's go first to verse uh, 1 of the Gospel of John. Let me see if I can find that myself here. Here we are, the Gospel of John, chapter 9. Now, John's in what's called the New Testament essentially the last half of the Bible. So find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then you're at the Gospel of John. Look for the ninth chapter, and let's start at verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And I want to tell you something right now that's important that will bless your heart. That phrase, Jesus passed by, has been turned into a wonderful song. And I want you to Google that either right now and come back to the podcast or as soon as we're done, Google since Jesus passed by. And it describes exactly what happened to this man that Jesus saw. What a difference was made when Jesus passed by. And I hope you can say that already But if not, perhaps by the end of this podcast, you will be able to say, since Jesus passed by, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Many times in the Gospels, we see that people are brought to Jesus to be healed. Here is a case where Jesus is in the temple and passing by, he sees this man which was blind from from his birth. Now, you should know, you need to know, that 
This was considered to be an impossible thing to heal by the people of of Christ's day when he was in his earthly ministry. And it also had its own set of issues and problems theologically. And we'll notice here that the disciples bring that up. Verse 2, And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, they had been led to believe by the religious leaders of that day that anybody born blind, either his parents had really done something wrong, and that was the punishment that the child was born blind, or that somehow, and I know this is going to blow your mind, but somehow this man, when he was a baby in the womb, he sinned and God judged him and he was born blind. I know that seems nuts. All right, so anyway, that was the common belief that circulated among the Jewish people at that time, uh, religiously. So how's Jesus going to handle this? Verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, I can't really explain this, but neither neither option. His parents had not sinned, and this was the punishment, and this man as a baby in the womb had not sinned. So that was not the reason he was born blind. But this is the part I can't explain. For some reason, God allowed this man to be born blind so that the works of God could be shown in this very point here in the Gospel of John to glorify God and bring this man, and I'm sure many others, to faith in Christ, maybe even you today. Verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus passes by And he sees this man. The world saw an impossible situation. Jesus saw the opportunity to bring glory to himself as God and to his Father, uh, since he was the Son on the earth in his ministry, earthly ministry. But this would glorify God. So Jesus says here in verse 5, I am the light of the world. And what is blindness, by the way, physically or spiritually, except an an inability to to respond to light, to receive light uh, physically or spiritually? So Jesus says, I'm the solution. I am the light of the world. Now, not only will he demonstrate that with a literal healing of this man from physical blindness, But this man will also pass from spiritual darkness to spiritual light by the end of this chapter when he comes to personal faith in Jesus Christ as God our Savior. Verse 6, When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Wow, the the. And I, I, I don't say this to be funny at all. I mean this seriously. 
the very spit or saliva of the Lord Jesus Christ could heal this man. Wow. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. So he made kind of a paste or like a mud paste, clay paste. And said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Oh, wow. This man who had never been able to see ever in life could now see as well as you or I. And at least 12 people witnessed this miracle. So how do you know that? Well, the disciples were right there with him. We see that in verse 2. How many disciples were there? There were 12. Now, 10 of those 12, we believe, died martyrs' deaths. That is, on the, the pain of being put to death, they refused to deny Christ because of what they knew to be true and what they had seen him do and who they knew he was. And this was one of those events that they witnessed. Say, well, why didn't all 12? Well, remember Judas, even though he was named among the disciples, he was never a believer in Christ. And and the Lord knew this when he chose him. And then the apostle John, we believe, died a uh, death in old age after writing the book of the Revelation on a prison island on Patmos and writing the Gospel of John that we're in today, and also 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So we do not think that he was martyred, although Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is a meticulous book, you should read that. It would bless your life. Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's about a 400-year-old book or 500-year-old book now. It's amazing. There is a record that John was executed by being tossed into a cauldron of burning oil, but it it didn't kill him, and so they couldn't execute him, and they banned him to the island of Patmos. Now, I do not know, that's not in the Bible, so I do not know if that actually occurred or not, but um, I'm going to take Fox's Book of Martyrs at their word that it did. So even John was willing to go through martyrdom. Even John would not deny who Christ was and what he had seen him do. And so so at least 12 people saw this miracle. We know there were some Pharisees surrounding the Lord Jesus Christ at this time. They saw it. Other people saw the, the man able to see later. So, hey, listen to me. Lots of people saw this miracle. So this man is healed, and it says, uh, and came seeing. I I would take that to mean that he came back uh, toward the Lord Jesus Christ here. But uh, maybe he he didn't. I, I would if he healed me. So anyway, I'm not totally clear on that. Verse eight. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him, but he said, I am he. (laughs) Verse 10, Therefore said they unto him 
How were thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eye, mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. I guess they thought it was illegal, and we'll see why here. And it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Uh-oh, you know, you can play the dun dun dun, dun right here, because now here comes trouble, right? So I noticed that when Jesus passed by, Jesus saw the man, and I think Jesus picked this day to do it, to show that he is Lord of even the Sabbath. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore, says some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. So you see, at this point, even though he was miraculously healed, undeniably healed, even he did not realize who Jesus is. So the best he could say was that he was he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. Now by the way, this is not an anti-Semitic mark uh, remark here. Everybody in this whole chapter is Jewish, all right? But the, he's talking about the Jewish religious leaders. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? So now they're trying to pin it on the parents that for however many years, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever, they've been lying. This man wasn't actually blind, and this guy been faking it all the time. I guess that's what they mean. This is a ridiculous question. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was born blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. I want to break in right here. <laughs> they tell him to, 
to, you know, to glorify God. And I think he could have said back, I am glorifying God. Only God can do this. Jesus did it. He must be God, right? I mean, that would be the logical, logical thing there. So they say, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they unto him. Then said they to him again. What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, I like this guy, by the way. <laughs> then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple. We are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Well, you know what? I think they, they did. And if they didn't, they sure didn't try very hard to find out. Verse 38, or 30 rather. The man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing, that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Oh man, I like this guy. He may have been born blind, but he, his mental ability was as sharp as a tack. And he knew good theology right here. But the the people he was arguing with thought they knew theology and they really didn't. So he would have been a great attorney, by the way, to represent you in court. I mean, this is priceless logic right here. And he's correct. <laughs> now, it reminds me of that saying that you've probably heard before. Stop confusing me with the facts. You know, you ever felt like saying that in an argument or maybe... Maybe you were dealing with somebody and you were just laying out the truth for them and it was like they didn't want to hear the truth. Stop confusing me with the facts. Hey, you know, sometimes when people's lips are moving, they're not listening. And that's going to be the case as we're about to see right here. Because they are completely unwilling to open their minds. And, and the mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's open, right? All right, so, so he gives flawless logic that, that pretty much indicates Jesus is God. Verse 34, so how do they handle this? They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. You know, when you can't win the argument on logic, just get violent. That's what you see today with Antifa and the progressive left and socialist and, and so on, because their arguments are, they're, they're just not solid, logically. 
and it's all been proven not to work. It doesn't work. It isn't going to work. And so since they can't argue from facts and logic, they take the argument to the violent and the personal. And, and the whole approach there is to shut you down if you're dealing with facts and truth and logic to just silence your voice. Well, that's exactly what they're doing here. They said, basically, hey, shut up. You were born in sin. See, their theology told them that either either his parents had sinned and this being born blind was his punishment or that he even as a baby in the womb had sinned. I mean, I don't even know how you do that. But anyway, that, that, you know, that had happened and therefore he was born blind. So uh, they put him down and they, they punt him out of the temple area. Wow. Like I said when we started, theology is not God. Only God is God. Theology is about God. And true theology brings the sinner to the Savior, Jesus Christ, who is God. Well, you can see here that the man born blind who is now healed, he is following true, factual, logical, indeed biblical theology, and it's bringing him back to Jesus. The group that is blinded by the light, Jesus, the light of the world, you remember he said that, I believe it was in verse 5, that I am the light of the world. They're, they refuse to receive that light. They're blinded by that light. And so they're rejecting Jesus because their theology is all wrong. And they were virtually worshiping not God, but their wrong theology. And you might be in that situation today. You may be in a, a denomination of, of Christianity that has exalted theology above God or even perverted true theology and therefore you are being confused with a false picture of Jesus Christ, a false picture of God. The best thing you can do is go back to your Bible and let your Bible lead you to Jesus and don't get all hung up on theology. That's, I can't fix everything on a podcast, but that's my best advice to you. So here is a group of people that for the most part are rejecting the obvious truth because their theology, their wrong theology, which they have almost made, I'll go ahead and say it, they have made an idol of that is preventing them from seeing the light of the world, and therefore they are blinded by the light. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, so maybe he didn't make his way back to Jesus. Hey, I don't know everything, right? So maybe he was trying to, but anyway, when he merged emerged from the pool of Siloam, he could see. Maybe he was surrounded immediately by people who knew him and they were amazed. So, so he didn't make his way back to Jesus. So let's correct what I said earlier on. But Jesus, 
actually goes and finds him. Now, you know, when you're at your lowest moment, when the people you thought cared about you kick you out, Jesus will come looking for you. <laughs> Amen. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Wow, who, who had this man just seen? Jesus. And who was talking with him? Jesus. So we know that Jesus is the Son of God. But there's more loaded into that phrase than most people can possibly imagine. Because people with bad theology will say, well, Jesus is only the Son of God. He's not God. Watch this. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Wow. Do you see what just happened? For those of you who mistakenly and confidently argue that Jesus never claimed to be God, you are oh so wrong. Right here, Jesus had the opportunity to say, hey, don't call me Lord, I'm just the Son of God. Don't believe in me like you're supposed to believe in God because I'm just a man. Don't worship me because I'm not God. But none of that happens. In verse 38 of John 9, and he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus accepted him, calling him Lord, believing in him as being God, and receiving his worship. Now, here is some good theology for you. Angels are not to be worshiped. True angels, so he's not an angel, because a true angel of God always tells somebody that tries to worship them to worship God only, right? You know that from your Bible. It's, it's in several places like that in the Bible. And no one should believe in a person, like a, like a regular normal human being, as being God unless they are God. So he says, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him, and Jesus received all of that. He didn't tell him, you're wrong, don't do that. Worship only God the Father. He didn't do that. He received the worship just as God the Father would receive, just as the Holy Spirit would receive, just as the Son, who he is right here, receives. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, and they which see that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Now, 
What does that mean? Well, just as he healed this man physically, he also healed him spiritually. Why? Because the man would not only admit that he could not see physically, we see that in this transaction, action rather, that he also admits that he cannot really see spiritually, that Christ must manifest himself as the light of the world to him spiritually. And when Christ does, then he believes in him as being the perfect God-man. Now, the other part of this is that they which... Uh, that they which see might be made blind. Now, what, what is he talking about there? Well, the Jewish religious leaders were just absolutely sure they had everything right, 100%. They were never wrong. They were right. Jesus was wrong. Jesus was not God. And they were right in, in, uh, in believing that. They were blind. They were blind to the obvious truth of God standing right in front of them and that they would see, you know, you could kind of put like little click marks, quote marks around that word see, that they would see might be made blind. That is, yeah, you, you just think you're seeing. You're, you're so blind, so blind. Verse 40, and some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. To put it, a different way if they were willing to admit that they didn't know what they didn't know that maybe Jesus is God but help me then he would have saved them but since they were saying no 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 we get it we're 100% right Jesus you're wrong since they said we see therefore your sin remaineth that is unless they unless they were willing to admit that they were spiritually blind, just like this man was, and they were willing to receive the light of the world, Jesus, you know, if they would do that, they could believe in him and be saved too. But when they say, no way are we doing that, you're wrong, our theology is correct, you are not God. He says, therefore your sin remaineth. It's sort of like uh, people, you know, he had the, the saying that I came to heal the sick, but uh, hey, you know, if you're not sick, I can't heal you, right? That is, if you think you don't need Jesus, what can he do for you? It's only those who know their need for Christ that can believe in him. You know that, uh, that you were born into the human race and all you know, normal people, I'm not talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, but everybody else, all of us were born into a sin nature. You know, yeah, we didn't commit any sins in the womb, but it doesn't take long after that to start sinning. (laughs) 
Why? Because it's who we are. We're born sinners ever since Adam and Eve, right? You know that story back in Genesis. So you get it honest. I mean, you inherit it, essentially. We're all born sinners. And then we, as you know, we begin to get older, we start doing things that are sinful. And it doesn't, you don't have to be very old to do that either. Human nature begins to manifest itself as being a lost sinner. At the point that you realize you have a sin problem and you need someone to pay that sin debt, which you can never pay, by the way, and Jesus is the one who paid that debt on the cross when he paid the penalty of your sin. You see, the soul that sins, it must die. That is, you are without Christ. You are a condemned criminal who will not only die a physical death, but you will die an eternal second death, separated from God for eternity in a place that Jesus Christ himself called hell. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never meant to be the habitation of any human being. And yet multitudes are rushing there as fast as they can go, with or without religion, but definitely rejecting Jesus. If you're at the point where you want to trust Christ as your Savior and Lord. You recognize your sin. You know who He is. He's God. You know that He died on the cross to pay for your sins. He really was killed, and He was placed in the tomb, dead. He rose victorious over death the third day. He's coming again, and the Father accepts what He did as full payment for your sin debt, if you are willing to turn from sin, repent, and trust Christ as your Savior and Lord, He will save you. And the whole Gospel of John was written so that you might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life. Now, I don't have a formula prayer for you and this has to come from your heart to Him. But if you cry out to Him to forgive you of your sins and save you, He will come into your life and save you and be your Savior and Lord. And you will have eternal life. And you will learn from Him and from His Word how to live for Him every day until you go to live with Him eternally. I would like to give you a phone number if you want some help with that. Get something to write this down or text it right now into your phone. 888-537-8720 One more time. 888 537 8720. Call that toll-free number. I think it's a 24-hour number. Call that number and you will get free help with no obligation of learning more about how to be a follower of Christ, 
how to grow in your new faith in Christ, perhaps even to answer some questions that are very important to you. You can even email me, Ed, uh, Pastor Ed Hill at gmail.com. But I, I definitely encourage you to call that toll-free number because you will receive free information about becoming a Christian and about growing in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, again, we're at the end of this episode. I've probably learned more than anyone else doing this podcast. It's my honor and privilege to do it. I do it for free. No one pays for this. Hey, no person pays me to do this. I do it as a service and a ministry to the Lord Jesus Christ because I want you to know Him as I came to know Him when I was 16 years old. Thanks again for listening. Please tell others about This Week in the Word. They can find that at www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after that, D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L.podbean.com. Tell your friends and neighbors, type that in the browser like a website, and they'll go right to the podcast. I want you to subscribe so that you'll know every time we post a new episode. Thanks again for listening. God bless you is my prayer. And may the Lord bless you richly this week. Amen.